Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to Ghost, where we get very astrological all the damn time. Uh, You know, we're going to get all into your astrology, but I want to talk about Saturn first for just a hot minute. So Saturn went retrograde on the 17th. And, you know, I don't I don't talk about outer planets going retrograde very often, but Saturn just moved into the zodiac sign of Pisces this year. And it hasn't been in the zodiac sign of Pisces for about 29 years or a long time, right? And Saturn went retrograde uh, from seven degrees of Pisces. And it will take until February of 2024 for it to return to the seventh degree. And so whatever issues you have been noticing in your life, especially if you are a person with Saturn in Pisces or any of the mutable signs, or if you have any kind of concentration of uh, Pisces or mutable planets in your birth chart, and if you're newer to astrology, mutable signs are Pisces, Virgo, Gemini, and Sagittarius then you are probably going to be really feeling this, this Saturn moment. And basically, whatever's been up for you since the start of March, when Saturn moved into Pisces, you have the opportunity with this Saturn retrograde to really kind of get into it, to apply uh, the wisdom that you may or may not have accrued through lived experience to whatever it is that's up. And when we're dealing with Saturn issues, we're dealing with reality. We're dealing with our foundational experience of reality. And so this has a lot to do with what feels irretractable because we have evidence of it. That doesn't mean it is irretractable, but it feels that way. That's how Saturn feels. And so I wanted to just take a moment to acknowledge this because Saturn in Pisces is a kind of heavy transit. Saturn governs, amongst other things, depression, and Pisces governs, amongst other things, anxiety. And when Saturn's in Pisces, we can feel this kind of like, kind of burnout, this heaviness, things feel sticky, it's kind of hard to sort through what we need, what we have to offer, boundaries, ooh, boundaries, that gets really tricky during Saturn in Pisces. And so, you know, Pay attention to whatever themes you have been undergoing since the start of March until mid-June and know that these foundational themes, so maybe not these exact specific situations, but the themes foundational to them are going to be, you know, going through a little a little re-engagement, we'll say, by Saturn uh, between now, which is mid-June of 2023, until February of 2024. Because it's the first week in February when Saturn hits seven degrees again. Okay, so now I'm going to talk about your horoscope. This week, we're looking at uh, the astrology of June 18th through the 24th of 2023. Here we are. It's the 18th. And on the 18th, we have an exact square between the sun and Neptune. This transit is exact at 8.54 p.m. Pacific time on the 18th. And it is happening between the sun at 27 degrees and 39 minutes of Gemini and Neptune at 27 degrees and 39 minutes of Pisces. So this transit, I've talked about it a little bit in last week's horoscope episode because the sun squared in Neptune was kind of a center aspect of the new moon chart. And we had a new moon in Gemini. What this basically means, the fact that the sun squared in Neptune is exact the next day 
is that we have kind of uh, an extension of the impact of this aspect within the new moon chart. Unfortunately, the sun squared to Neptune is not a fun transit to be going through. This transit makes us feel wonky. It can make you feel a little floop-a-doop in, in your thinking, as Neptune is kind of the opposite of Saturn. It makes it hard to orient in uh, material reality. It makes it hard to identify what is a projection, what is anxiety, what is real, what is a fantasy, and what is your intuition, right? And so when we have a sun squared to Neptune, we're basically experiencing some sort of a overload of data that we can't completely make sense of. And the way that impacts us is in a number of ways. The first is it can function to create anxiety as we are overloaded by data we don't know how to process. Or it's kind of like, imagine like stepping into a room and there's a ton of noise and it's all coming from various sources and you're listening for something, but you're not quite sure what you're listening for. So you kind of have to listen to everything. And what do you do? Most people put their hands over the ears, shut down, you know, turn everything into white noise or become hypervigilant trying to hear everything at once. It's overstimulating. And the effect of this is it can be psychologically and physiologically draining. So a lot of people experience exhaustion, demoralization, just feeling like down in the dumps. It gives you like deep Eeyore vibes, if you know what I mean, like super Eeyore vibes. This transit is not a good one for our vitality in general. The sun governs vitality, psychological and physiological vitality. It's your will. It's like your central energies. And Neptune is just kind of like puts a bunch of holes in your bucket. You know, it turns your bucket into a sieve. So we start losing energy. This makes it a particularly bad time to spend time with people who, in fact, are actually your frenemies, people who you know you can't really trust, you know, don't really make you feel good about yourself. So, you know, do your best to uh, put yourself in supportive and nurturing environments if you can. And if you can't, then you're going to need to have boundaries. And honestly, one of the things that this transit teaches, one of the reasons why we even go through this transit is so that we can identify our need for boundaries and hopefully hold our boundaries. And this is really tricky because Neptune in Pisces in general, that planet, that zodiac sign are meaningfully associated with boundaries, according to me, and not because Neptune or Pisces are good with boundaries, but because where we find uh, this planet and oftentimes this zodiac sign We need the cultivation of boundaries as a way to keep our precious energy in. And that can support our own wellness, but also the wellness of others. So we're not leaking all over people, right? Which, I don't know, we've all been leaked upon, have we not? And it's not the funnest. So it is really important, this sun squared to Neptune, to be mindful and aware of your own boundaries. This is not just so that others don't perpetrate harm against you or like, you know, tap your energy, but also so that you are not dumping on others psychologically, behaviorally, energetically. It's important that we are mindful about our own needs and limits, but also the needs and limits of others. Right. And we don't always have to understand the needs and limits of others. We just have to respect them. 
We don't have to like them, but somebody expresses a boundary. We respect the boundary. That's a good practice. The problem with the sun squared in Neptune is it can promote paranoia. It can promote insecurity and feeling like, oh, you know, somebody said they can't hang out with me because they secretly hate me, as opposed to, oh, this person said they can't hang out with me. Have I expressed any interest in what's going on with them? Have I said, hey, friend, what's up? Are you okay? You know, what's happening? Have you shown up and treated others as you want to be treated? When we're dealing with Neptunian energies, especially a transit that, you know, is a square opposition or conjunction, we can be so overwhelmed by our own felt experience that we forget to check in with others, that we forget that other people are also going through stuff, right? And so it is a good transit. It's a good time to slow down a little bit get a little centered, a little grounded, whatever works, whatever's easier for you, and just notice what's happening in the here and now for you. You don't need to project it out. You don't need to process it during a sun squared on Neptune. That's not a great idea. But it is a good time to be aware of your own energy, your own narratives, your own fixations, whatever it is, and to fortify and nurture yourself if you're feeling anxious or overwhelmed until the transit's over, which is soon. It'll be over by early on the 20th. So to simply fortify and nurture yourself while you're feeling really activated in this way is the healthiest thing you can possibly do. And it might not always be an option, but if you can, you know, that's the direction to point yourself in. Now, the other thing I'll say is that Sun squared and Neptune, because it weakens us, Uh, And this happens on like a very woo spiritual level, but it also happens on a physiological level. It's a particularly important time to guard your health, right? So that's washing your paws. That's taking COVID mitigations. That's having safer sex. That's, you know, all the things and all the ways in which we can be mindful of protecting our own health. We should be doing this new moon, this sun squared in Neptune. This is particularly a bad time for any kind of consciousness raising drugs because Neptune makes it so hard for us to have healthy boundaries that once we kind of blow open our auric field with you know any kind of heavy drugs, what ends up happening is we are just kind of like a loofah sponge and we absorb everything and not only what we uh, intend to absorb, which can be quite dangerous to the energy body as well as the mind, right? So take good care of your health, prioritize your health. And if you find that particularly challenging, that's great information for you to have about yourself that points you towards what needs greater attention and care in your life. Now, one last thing I'll say about this transit, Sun squared to Neptune is a tricky one for honesty. You may have a hard time being honest with yourself, this transit. You may have a hard time gauging if others are being honest with you. Again, this transit is related to paranoia, amongst other things. Don't lie. Don't gossip. Just don't do it. If you lie, if you gossip, it's not going to feel good to you. It's unlikely to have great repercussions. And if you find out that somebody else has been lying or is lying, or if you just feel it in your gut, again, sit with it until the transit passes because it is hard to know if we are assessing things accurately during this transit. This transit wants us to be in process, not in outcome. So stay with the process and do it in a way that is honest, 
you know, and that is that is hopefully empathetic and kind. So that means you're not like shitting on others. <laughs> you're not gossiping about others. And also, if you find that somebody else is doing it about you, what you want to be able to do, ideally speaking, from the perspective of this transit is to instead of figuring out like, what are you going to say to this person? Why did they do it? What were they thinking? Instead, think, okay, how do I need to take care of myself around this? What are the boundaries I need to hold around my thoughts and feelings around this person, around how I engage with this person? Not what do I need to do, but what do I need? Just what do I need, right? Because from that place, you can fortify and nurture yourself. And then what do I need to do, quote unquote? That'll kind of reveal itself to you through the process of identifying what you need, how you need to feel. Whether or not you need to, you know, continue to trust this person at the level that you were trusting them at, et cetera, et cetera. If all else fails, Sun Square to Neptune is a great time to lose yourself in the arts and in nature and to do so in ways that are really uplifting. You know, the Sun Square to Neptune can often be disassociative, um, which is not inherently bad or good, but it's certainly something we need to be careful around. So, yeah, it's not a great transit. It's definitely not my favorite. But there's a lot that we can gain from it. So do your best to extract as much wellness, as much uh, support from this transit to your big picture evolution as you can. So even though it may in the short term or, you know, the immediate picture be kind of a boner killer, it is in the big picture really helpful. It can be anyway. So do your best to tap into that, my loves. Now, the next transit to talk about this week is happening on Juneteenth, on June 19th, and happy Juneteenth to you. On this date, we have a Jupiter sextile to Saturn. So uh, we've got Jupiter in Taurus forming a sextile to Saturn in Pisces. This transit is really an important and valuable transit for us to pay attention to. Okay. Now I want to just say, pay attention to your birth chart, because if you have planets at around seven degrees of a zodiac sign that will take an aspect to a planet in Pisces or a planet in Taurus, especially if it's a water sign or an earth sign, then this can be a really supportive transit for you. I mean, it could also be slightly more challenging if it's in other signs, but especially if it's an earth or a water sign, you're going to get the most benefits from it. Now, Jupiter is a planet of growth and expansion, and Saturn wants constriction and stability. It wants tradition, right? When Jupiter and Saturn are playing nice, like they would during a sextile, What's happening is our need, desire, and capacity for growth and expansion is in creative conversation with our need for stability and to maintain our responsibilities and our material capacities here and now. So Jupiter sextile to Saturn is an incredibly supportive transit for navigating reality in a way that helps us to grow in a way that uh, empowers us to see the potential for growth in even our most limiting situations, which is fucking exciting. This can be something as subtle as, you know, you have a slightly more optimistic view of something that's been kind of a pain in your ass to deal with. It may be something as subtle as finally figuring out the next best steps to take in something that has been kind of like large and looming for you or something that you've had a hard time uh, figuring out how to compromise around in order to make the best possible things happen. 
this transit is so great. And and the reason why I really want you to be like kind of excited about it is because this transit can support us in mobilizing towards our long-term goals in ways that actually work, that in ways that uh, line up with our morals, in ways that line up with our you know life philosophy, in ways that are expansive and exciting to us, right? So there's a lot of value in paying attention on the 19th to your big picture goals. You know, nothing's going to force you with a sextile to do anything. But if you've got things you're trying to plan out, things you're trying to expand or make more sustainable, this is the transit for you. This is like the thing that is happening this week that I want you to be the most excited about and be the most intentional about. It is possible, especially if you have something at around, you know, seven degrees of a water or earth sign that you will experience something that kind of gives you a little, you know, uh, wind beneath your wings, a little uh, boost in a way that you can really kind of leverage and, and make use of. That's absolutely possible, but it's not even necessary, really. What the best possible parts of this transit bring is our ability to tap into reality in a way that doesn't limit our ability to conceive of, to vision what's possible. And this can be used for movement building. This can be used for navigating your health journey. This can be used for approaching your career in a different way. I mean, the applications, my friends, are limitless. It actually reminds me of something that I heard movement activist Alfredo Lopez say recently, which was great insight and reminder, which was make a list of all the good things about this society and about this country. Make a list of all of them. First of all, that just kind of like threw me off because I'm so Saturnian that I am always focused on what needs work and what isn't good and all of that kind of stuff. It is a tendency of mine. And so, first of all, the instruction to really take stock of all of the great things about the society is great advice straight out the gate. But then he rounded it out with the zinger, which is to recognize that all of the great things about the society, all of these liberties that we have were fought for and created by the left. This is a really inspiring perspective for me anyways, and maybe it is for you as well, to recognize the power of collective movement over the course of time. And yes, there is so much more to be done. And yes, there are so many challenging things uh, that we have to deal with in our society now, especially. But to be able to see the effect and impact that people, when we come together, can have to improve society for the most vulnerable amongst us, that is really powerful. This week alone, we've had some wins. I mean, we've had some losses, but we've had some wins. And this Jupiter sextile to Saturn is a great time to take stock of the wins you've had in your life, the wins that we have had uh, in society to make this world safe, just, sustainable, right? That can help to ease whatever burden you're carrying, or if not ease it, at least give you a little uh, inspiration to know how much is possible when we work and often when we work together. Now, one last thing I'm going to say about this Jupiter sextile to Saturn is that it is a great time for investing, for investing in any context you want to think about it in. I will say that something that I read from Nikki Black, who I follow on Instagram, who is a sociologist, artist, and womanist, 
she gave some great advice of ways for non-Black people to invest in racial equity and justice. I'm going to share some of her ideas from her post on Instagram with you here. Participate in radical wealth redistribution. Volunteer with Black-led organizations that are doing work to create racial justice and equity and healing for Black folks. Make sizable donations, whatever that means for you, to Black-led racial justice and healing organizations. And participate in local demonstrations that would further the cause of Black liberation this Juneteenth. It is so important that we find ways of participating in unjust and unequal societies and systems in efforts to make them better, more humane. And those are just a couple ideas of how you can do that this Juneteenth. Giddy on up. School boards and lawmakers around the country are banning and challenging books at a pace not seen since the 1980s. The American Library Association tracked 729 challenges to library, school, and university materials and services in 2021. And librarians have even been threatened with criminal charges and jail time in some places in this country for lending out challenged books. You can contact your representatives about this issue by emailing, calling, or tweeting at them, and above all else, buy banned and challenged books. Support the important work of authors who are being banned or challenged, and in the process, support independent bookstores. My favorite bookstore, Marcus Books, is the oldest independent Black-owned bookstore in the country and has a banned and challenged book list on their website. You can go to marcusbooks.com to see this list and to shop or visit whatever independent bookstore that you love. Support bands and challenged books and authors today. Now that brings us to cancer season. On the 21st of June, we also have summertime here in this hemisphere of the world. So you know, it's time to tap in emotionally, tend to our home life. And when I say home life, it could mean your like apartment, your room, your house, but it could also mean the people with whom you find home, the parts of yourself within which you find home. Cancer is a water sign, so it's all about feelings and intuition, but it's also a cardinal sign, making it a dynamic time for things changing, things shifting, right? This is a time where we can really make things happen. And when it comes to cancer, we want to make sure that we are being self-protective in a way that actually protects us and doesn't shut others out, you know? So some things to think about this cancer season. But that's not the only thing that's happening on the 21st. We also have two Mercury transits. The first one is a Mercury sextile to Mars, and the second is a Mercury sextile to Chiron. So quick refresher, Mercury is related to the mind. It's how we think. It's what we think. It's our attitudes. It's how we communicate. It's what we say. uh, And it's how we listen, right? So Mercury does a lot of heavy lifting in the world that we live in that is so very mercurial. The fact that Mercury is dealing with not one but two sextiles is fantastic news because sextiles are like this lovely, dynamic, creative, pinch of energy. And with it, we can move the needle, like we can move things forward in a way that under other transits would kind of take a lot more energy or be a lot more difficult. So Mercury sextile to Mars is a transit that 
is dynamic. Like it is very good for socializing, putting yourself out there. Mercury is the platonic side of relationships. It's the part where we're pals, where we chat, where it's fun, where it's interesting. And Mars is chemistry. Mars is, uh, you know, the physical feelings we have around each other. And so Mercury sextile to Mars can just find you in a situation where you're getting along well with people or you're meeting people. And it's just that, that like zhuzh that a person wants in order to have an ongoing dynamic. This can be a time where you just end up having like fun, random adventures in your neighborhood or in your kind of town, wherever you live. Mars gets around and Mercury is related to the neighborhood, right? Mercury is related to your immediate environment. So you you might end up going to a part of town that you don't usually go to or just doing stuff you don't usually do under a Mercury sextile to Mars, especially if it's hitting your birth chart specifically. And this particular transit is happening at 18, 19 degrees. Uh, Mercury is at 18 degrees and 40 minutes of Gemini and Mars is at the same degrees of Leo. So if you've got anything, you know, around that 19 degree mark of a fire or an air sign, this is going to be quite dynamic and exciting for you. It's really going to stimulate something. And it could simply be that it stimulates your passions. It stimulates your excitement about something, your ideas about something. While this is not particularly pragmatic energy, it can be used for working shit out. So again, we have that Jupiter sextile to Saturn. These Mercury transits are only going to help that. They're only going to better empower us to explore the details, you know, come up with plans that are kind of exciting. Because Mars is associated with the ego, if there are things that you've been telling yourself you can't do because you're too shy, you haven't been able to figure it out, like there's just been something in your own attitudes that have been standing in your way, this transit is freaking fantastic for empowering you to feel like, oh, I can just try. I can just do it. It can kind of give you, again, a little bit of a little spice, a little bit of extra fire under your sweet little buns so that you can get stuff done or at least try, right? If you go on a first date with somebody or whatever, like a fifth date or whatever, and they're not asking you questions, they're not having uh, dynamic, uh, interesting conversations with you, then it's not going to ever happen. Sorry. But you know, like this is just an exciting, fun, dynamic transit. And it may encourage some people to show their asses. I mean, it may be your date. It may be you. Because if we get excited about things, but that excitement uh, is really all about exploring our own thoughts and our own attitudes instead of having a dynamic exchange of thoughts and attitudes. That's important information. You know what I mean? It's something you want to pay attention to. Trust me on this one. Now, the last thing I'm going to say about this transit is I've kind of already spoken to, but I'm just going to kind of bring it home. It's this. It's a great time for flirting. It's a great time for flirting. It's a great time for putting yourself out there, uh, making some eye contact, you know, um, having some fun, witty banter and exploring the chemistry that you have with people, whether it's sexual, platonic, anything in between. It's just a great transit for that. So if you're kind of on the fence about whether or not to, you know, leave your house (laughs) or interact with humans uh, on a Zoom or whatever it is, yeah, I would say do it. Be brave. Mars wants you to. Mars is going to help you. Be brave. Okay. Now, that brings us to the third transit that is happening on this date, the 21st, and it is a Mercury sextile to Chiron. Let me tell you about it. 
And this is another really great transit. And I will say that there's ways in which it's not that dissimilar from the Mercury sextile to Mars. I mean, Chiron's not related to passions or chemistry in the same way that Mars is at all. But Chiron is kind of a tricky asteroid. It's not a planet. It's an asteroid, right? And when we are dealing with Chiron, we are generally speaking, dealing with uh, things that are really hard for us to embody, core wounds. When we have something like Mercury forming a sextile to Chiron, what happens is we are kind of more able to open up our minds to parts of ourselves that we typically kind of get tripped up over and we struggle with. But we're able to do this in a more graceful way you know, to be mentally present with core wounds in a way that doesn't perpetuate them, make them worse, you know, disassociate from them. We're actually able to process through our shit more effectively with this transit. So that's on its own worth its weight in gold. Call your therapist, call your bestie. You know what I mean? This is a great time for just sorting through your shit. And also, this is a great time for talking to people, for having deep, meaningful exchanges. And I say exchanges because it may be that, you know, it's a real 50-50 back and forth, or it may be that you really listen to someone and like get them. And it does something deep for your union, for your relationship. Or it may be that you're able to figure out how to articulate something that's been hard for you to talk about. And that is just maybe in general, just a tricky topic for you to be forthcoming about. Mercury sextile to Chiron really helps with that. You know, if we're getting real literal with Mercury and Chiron, words, language, ideas uh, are all Mercury. And then Chiron is wounding, but it's also healing, right? It's our core wounds and our own innate ability to heal and regenerate around those same things where, you know, they say, heal or heal thyself. It's like that, that part of you that really struggles once you've come into embodiment of it is where you can most often be deeply supportive and present and helpful to others who are going through similar struggles, right? And so this Mercury sextile to Chiron is an opportunity for us to have words, thoughts, ideas, exchanges to be healing to be generative, to kind of serve as a balm for our wounds. And that is really kind of gorgeous, if you ask me. So do your best to look into your feelings of worthiness, your own identity, how you feel in your body, because Chiron's in Aries. And that's a lot of what Chiron is here to teach us until I think Chiron's in Aries until 2027. It's a very, very long time indeed. And so there is this theme that is running through all of our lives that is worth investigating. And this Mercury sextile to Chiron will be really supportive in in doing that. So use that energy as much as you can. And then that brings us to the final transit of the week, which is happening on the 22nd. It is a Mars trine to Chiron. Mars and Chiron are both going to be at 19 degrees and 34 minutes of fire signs. Mars is in Leo. Chiron is in Aries. uh, And that's on the 22nd of June. And it is a really important transit for us to pay attention to. Mars and Chiron forming this fiery trine to each other is really quite powerful. And it's powerful because Mars is the passions. It's the ego. 
it's something we experience viscerally, right, through the body. And Chiron, again, is our core wounding. Chiron and Aries is core wounding around uh, being in a body, around being present as an individual, taking up space. Now, the trine between these two planets can help us to use our ego and willfulness to move into healing, to empower ourselves to take up space in a way that is healthy. So that is not, uh, you know, ignoring our wounding, but instead lovingly informed by it. Now, you know, Leo is a zodiac sign that we can say lots and lots of things about, but we never want to forget that Leo is all about courage and courage is all about taking heart. This can be a time, this transit can be a moment where we take heart as a way to embrace our own bodies, our own lived experience in our bodies. And while this might sound all about, you know, the individual, and in some ways it really is about our individuality, it is important to understand that everything is interwoven, interconnected. We are all interconnected. And so finding ways of being right and in alignment with ourselves is not just going to benefit ourselves. It's one of the many foundational pieces that can help us, that can empower us to show up in real ways for others, you know, well-boundaried with the energy to do what needs to be done and not at our own expense, right? We have the capacity for healing. Whenever Chiron is present, we have the capacity for healing. And Mars is all about making shit happen, getting going. And of course, Mars being the planet that is associated with the zodiac sign of Aries, we have this nice conversation in this trine between Mars and Chiron and Aries. Therefore, this trine, this transit is here to empower us, to give us the energy to mobilize and work through our relationship to our bodies, but not just our bodies, our sexuality, our ambitions, power in general, our relationship to men or maleness, if that's relevant to your life. You know, it can play out in so many different ways, depending on how it hits your birth chart and your birth chart in general. But this is a really useful, powerful transit that we want to tap into. And as I say frequently, we don't want to just look out for the rough transits. We want to look out for these these transits that are supporting our ambitions, that are supporting our needs. Because if we do that, then we're not just, you know, doing something healthy and helpful, but we're also preparing for those more challenging transits, which inevitably come by establishing foundations or openings, whatever it is within ourselves, when the energy is easy and supportive to do so. That makes it so much easier for when the energy is harder and less supportive. This transit can empower us to find ways of being in alignment with the parts of ourselves that we often reject or move away from because they're challenging. You know, the goal with self-help stuff and spirituality, it's not to be perfect or to be problem-free because that's unrealistic, right? The goal is to be healthy, to find ways of, of moving towards wholeness, of being in alignment. That's the goal, right? And within that, we will make mistakes. And within that, we will find suffering. That's just part of the human condition. That's, that's okay. But what's really helpful for navigating life is 
being able to stay present with, to not recoil from the challenging parts of ourselves, the parts of ourselves we don't like or we, or we don't know how to be present for. And a transit like this, this Mars trying to Chiron, is so supportive in doing that, you know? So apply this to your life in whatever way makes sense and do your best to tap into these energies so that you can make the most of them. It can help you in really important ways that may or may not show themselves to you, you know, in the in the immediacy of this transit. So much of what we're doing here in life is laying foundations for future you to build upon. So be nice to future you. Don't be mean to past you. Try to try to get really present and embrace, nurture, fortify whatever it is that you're finding in the here and now within you and around you. And that, my friends, is your damn horoscope. I'm going to run through the transits one more time. On the 18th, we have a sun square to Neptune. On the 19th, Jupiter will form an exact sextile to Saturn. On the 21st, it becomes Cancer season and Mercury forms a sextile to Mars and a sextile to Chiron. And then finally, on the 22nd, Mars forms a trine to Chiron. If you get value from the podcast, please do uh, write a review wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure that you've hit the subscribe button. If you would like to learn more with me, join me over on Patreon where I get woo all the damn time. And if you have already joined me over on Patreon, I want to thank you so much because Patreon's kind of my favorite place on the internet. I'm not going to lie. And if you just want to learn more with me, but you're not a Patreon person, you can visit the shop page of my website where you can buy my delightful book, Astrology for Real Relationships, or take a ton of different classes with me that I have for sale. And you know what? I just got to say, keep on showing up for yourself and others. Do your best to prioritize your beliefs with your actions so that you are living in alignment with your hopes and intentions in the 3D, where we seem to be stuck living. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Okay, don't forget to tune in on Wednesday, where I drop a midweek episode, giving a lucky listener a reading. I will talk to you in just a couple of days. Bye-bye. Every year they say the end is near.